you know, if you train them in the way they should go, some way or another, they'll wind back up at some point. You may not see it. You may not agree with me on that. Uh, but the Word said they won't depart. And so it's important to have your children uh, involved and your children uh, a part of this. And you need to dedicate your child if, if they have not been dedicated. And I know that's an announcement, but uh, that's real important. When you walked into this church this morning, if you came in, and, and probably almost everybody did, they walked straight down the hallway there, and you walked through a heart today. And I want you to kind of think about the fact that, you know, to get in here, you had to walk through the heart, or the symbol that looks like a heart, because... We've been talking about the kingdom of God and the things of God, and, and I'm still convinced, and I'll never think otherwise, that, that God wants to do more in my life than I will give him access or permission to. And, but you're a preacher, Opie, and I mean, you've been a Christian a long time. That doesn't mean a thing. There's a lot of people that they're just complacent, and this is good. You know, I I draw a salary, and I have a house, and a car, and clothes, and food, and I, you know, we, we're doing fun things and and good things, and and there's no reason. But if you love the Lord with your whole heart, it it kind of flips that upside down, and in the book of First Kings. Uh, Solomon, which was the son of David, the big dedication moment, celebration, much larger than what we did Friday night, and we all had a great time. Um, this is something he said about uh, a promise of God, and God's promises are, you can, you can count on the promises of God. Let me read this scripture to you. Uh, this is, again, this is Solomon. He said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven or on earth beneath who keepeth covenant and mercy with thy servants that walk before thee with all their heart. Now, I want to stop for one minute to tell you a lot of people make promises. We all make promises to one another, children, or Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I promise I will. I mean, I yeah, I raise my hand. I promise that I'll do this or I'll do that. But nobody's ever made a promise to any of you, any of us, like God made to us. And you can count on God's promise. And when the Lord says that he will do this, this is an Old Testament reference that God will be a, a God of his word, and he'll do what he said, and he always has. And then it's all throughout the word of God that, that God honors his promises. And the last part of that scripture says that he honors his promises with the servants that walk before him with all of their heart. I want to tell you, this is all the Lord's ever required 
of us in a nutshell. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. God knows that if you will just love him with everything about you, then everything else just kind of falls in place and it works out because it's a thing of priority. Me loving God, it's a discipline, it's a thing of priority, and, and it's not natural. You have to realize who God is, what God has done for you now that we are under a new covenant. You've got to realize we, we're, we're close to Easter, and you know you need to be banging on doors and texting and calling and messaging. You just need to be compelling people because we need to remind people of the love of God through Easter. Uh, we need to do it all the time, but, but God shows his love to us every single day. And, and he has just wanted my heart because if he gets my heart, everything else. I want to give you a, a quick example real quick. When our two-month-old grandbaby was born, he has been struggling with, and I know a, a, a lot of babies go through this with, with the right formula. And uh, he, just, he just had a horrible time with it. And, you know, we kept trying one, kept trying one, kept trying one. And finally, Caitlin was talking to the doctor. And she said, you need to try this one right here. Now, it's expensive, but you need to try this one right here. Because a lot of people have had good success with this. And so she did. And lo and behold, it's like $9 for a bottle like this mixed, already ready to go. Now, you can get powder, you know, a lot cheaper than that. But if you're, if you're in a, a bind, that, that bottle's ready to go. And if you, you've got something that's just squealing and crying to the top of his or her lungs, and you know it's because of the gas and, and, and whatever that the child has going on. This is what I said. I said, look, I'll sell my truck to buy the formula. I said, I cannot stand for that baby to be in pain. I said, if that's what it takes, I said, I, we'll do whatever we need to do so that child can have relief. Why did I say that? Why did we say that? Why does his parents feel that way? That's because... We love him with our entire heart. You know, my truck, fishing rods, guns, things, sign-making equipment, all, that, all those things that I enjoy, they don't hold the value that my new heart holds. And I'll do whatever. You see, uh, after February the 4th, my priorities got changed again. Because now my heart is in a, a different form. And see, this is pretty much the entire message right now. When your heart changes to that of God and pleasing God and loving God and doing what you know would just make God feel better, and that's not, that's not the greatest choice of words, but you know God delights in the choice you've made. Then, then, then you see everything else kind of rearranged. Now, we can go to personal schedules and decisions and choices all of us make. And, and you know, that's, 
that's got a whole different light on it. But when your heart uh, just resembles that of God, then everything else in your life, even things that you thought would never change, it all of a sudden changes. And then it's at that moment, it's like a perfect, it's like an eclipse taking place. And when it lines up with itself, you're lining up. We talked about this in a different way at 915. But, but when that happens, then God says, oh, my word, look at there, look at there. And it, it's like the door opens and God can do a great new big thing in your life because you really don't care about anything like you care about him and pleasing him. And um, there's one thing that I struggle with, and that is that I think that almost all of my heart at times is all my heart. But you know it's not. Somebody can almost pay for your food when you go out to eat, but there's a big difference. When you go to the, the cash register, and the person in front of you almost paid for your meal that was $75. They almost paid for it. What's the difference? Uh, about $75. And see, you can almost love God with all your heart, but then you can really love him with all. The Bible says, and I think it's in Acts 13, 22, that, that David, just quoting, that David was a man after God's own heart. 22nd verse, you have it on the screen. And uh, the Bible says, the latter part of that, he is a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Now, there's a story that I, I, I tell all the time. And for those of you that's never read it, I'm going to read it first, and then we're going to talk about it for, for a minute. It's found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, and a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There's none good, save God, and save one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, Jesus told him, and he went through. Uh, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And he said, all these things I've kept from my youth up. Now, check this out. He said one thing. His mind was on what he had done. Then Jesus' mind was on something else. Jesus heard these things and he said unto him, yet... Lackest thou one thing. You remember I just told you that almost all is not all. Y'all remember that little episode a while ago? Okay. He said, go sell that that thou hast and distribute unto the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful. For he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, this is what he said. How hardly? Now think about what we've been talking about about two months now before I read this. How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? 
For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And I had to write down uh, what was in my John Maxwell Leadership Bible. And I love this, because this, this is just right to the point. He clung to what he had instead of committing to what he could obtain. I love that. He held on to what he had instead of saying, okay, God, you remember I told you it was hard for me, discipline and staying focused to be all in, but I'm comfortable with almost all. I'm comfortable with all the things I've kept from my youth up. That mentality, not the same thing. And there was only greed that held him back from freedom. Even though he claimed to obey all the commands, he miserably failed at the first one. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, I want to tell you, most of us, we know about this story. If you've been to this church, I know you know about this story because I refer to it. And yes, it is addressing the, the bondage of a money-minded person, meaning, and, and let me tell you, you do not have to be wealthy for this to apply. You, you can be so, you can be so entangled and, and disillusioned making $10,000 a year as you can making a half a million dollars a year or whatever, or, or 50 million. You, you, it doesn't matter. It's not the amount. It's what you have deemed as the power that that money gives you. But let me tell you this. This is not just addressing things of financial nature. This is addressing everything in my life that gets my heart more than God gets a hold of my heart. Or me getting a hold of God's heart. And that's the difference maker, brother and sister. See, and you can live your whole life. You can go to heaven. You can go to heaven and not really love God with all your heart. You can do that. A lot of people do it. They just, they're saved. They're sealed. They're comfortable with that. And they just kind of park the bus and wait. And just wait on the trumpet or wait on their appointment with death. But let me tell you something. If you're going to walk and operate and live and experience the kingdom of God right here, right now, you can't be led astray with anybody or anything else. Your heart, when your heart lines up with the word all in the eyes of God, because see, I stopped midway that, that, that passage a while ago, and I told you, he was spouting off the six things he had done, and the whole time he was talking. Don't you hate it when you're talking to somebody else? And, and you know this happens to me all the time. Like, Listen to what I'm saying. Listen, They don't slap me in the face. That would not work out good, but sometimes, you know, they just say, Hey, I'm talking to you. Listen to me. It just happened yesterday. I said, all right. And, and then I had to quote what was said. We, we don't like that when people are... We think they're zoned out, and I'm, I'm great at that. If you want to know how to do that, just, just talk to me. I can help you with that. But Jesus was doing the same thing, not in a disrespectful way, but in a truth-seeking manner. Jesus knew what he was going to say. That's why he brought that, that issue up. 
He didn't talk about anything else. He talked about the one thing, you know, the almost all. And that's where we get trapped, and that's where we get tied up, and we, we get ensnared because we have accepted. And let me just make it personal. You can just hear me preach to me today. I have made it acceptable to be comfortable with God, he's okay with me just living almost all. God will tolerate that. The only thing is, God will not release the other things that I would like to see God do in my life and in people's lives around me until I can be willing to sell my truck to buy the most expensive type of formula if that's what I need to do to prioritize God first. So see, it's all throughout the Bible. I've always said, and I'll say it, if, if I never see, physically see God do a miracle, and we do it all the time, we see God perform mighty works in our lives, but because it's, it's not a dead person getting up walking or somebody that can't walk uh, be healed or we're not in that cancer-free zone yet that I talked about last week, we just, we, we just kind of brush it to the side. That's not a miracle. But if I never see any of these things, I'm still going to seek God because I know that God can do them. But I know what God's looking for in order to do them. And I love prophecy. I really love it. Especially now you, you, can, you see it every day. But over in the Old Testament, the prophet Joel talked about this very same thing I'm talking about, and, and I'm going to read, we're going to read three verses, verse 12, 13, and then we're going to jump to verse 21. You can follow with me if you want to. It says, Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful. See, he's willing to wait on me to change my priorities. He's wait on me. He's willing to wait on me to think like I do about that baby for, I don't care. I, I mean, I'll hawk it all. I just, I, 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 want, I want an answer right here. That's, that, that's God's waiting on me in a spiritual sense like that. And, and Joel goes on to say, he's merciful and he's slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth him of the evil. But, but check out verse 21. He said, fear not, O land, and be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. And see, I can't get away from it, church. And I know you are probably... You know, you want something fresh and new. But that hadn't happened yet, so it's still fresh and new to me. And I know God wants to do it in your life. I know God desires to do it through our church, in our church. So I just can't let it go. Just like if somebody said, if you go to Walmart today, this could really happen, by the way. If you go to Walmart today at 230 and you sat about 100 feet in front of uh, that last uh, building in that strip mall. What is it? AT&T. If you're there, that's just going to be $1,000 in a brown bike. Now, look, I, I wish we had body cams because somebody might do it in this church. Don't go looking for this. 
But if I told you there would be $1,000 in a, a brown bag, then you know what? You went at 2.30, not just anywhere, but you went to that spot and you found $1,000 in that bag. You said, you know what? It really was here. I knew it would be here. He said it would be here. And see, on a greater scale than that, that's what God has said in this word right here. If you will love me with all your heart, then I will do this. I want to do great things. And church, just because nobody else is seeking it, just because people say well, we're, we're living in a, a new day now and, and things are better. You know, we just need to focus on helping the poor and feeding the hungry. And you still do all those things. But you don't let all those things take the place of seeing God work in a great and mighty miraculous way in your life and through your life. This is what God wants to do. And all he's looking for is somebody that loves him with all of their heart. And I, I, I'm going back to an old Bible story that the Lord just reminded me of. I think about when Samuel was anointing uh, the new king. You know, he went to Jesse's house and all them brothers, all of the older brothers than David. David was out there and he was just tending the sheep. And he, he went and he anointed Samuel. He went and anointed every one of them. Or, or he thought he was anyway. And then he said, Jesse, he said, is this the only, is this all your children, all your boys? And he said, well, I got one. But he's just a little old young and out there. And he's in the pasture watching, watch, 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 watching. Did it come out right the last time? I doubt he washed the sheep. So don't go home and say, the preacher talked about David washing the sheep today. You'll mess people up. They'll call me a false prophet. He was watching the sheep. And then he said, well, you need to call him. And you know what happened next? He anointed him as king. And then we move on later, a uh, little time later in his life, and, and here we go. We see David. Not only does he take care of a bear and a lion, and then he's, He's taking care of Goliath, and I preached to you about this weeks ago where the only thing that mattered was standing up for God because God was his priority. And when God is your priority, he's your heart, your treasure's where your heart is, your heart's where your treasure is, it works both ways. And when that happens, then God says, you know what? You were that one in a million in church today. You were that one that said, God, yeah, I'm not distracted. All these things you've blessed me with, the thing you've done in my life, it ha it's not fool's gold to me. I know you want to do a greater thing than even what the world is called or I'm even calling great. And God, I'm going to keep you up here. I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk through your heart. I'm going to do whatever I need to do because this is what you want to do in my life. In church, when you do that, and you might be, and you probably will be, the Lone Ranger, the only one doing it. Do not stop. Do not give up. Because David was the only one out of the whole army that defeated the giant. There were probably men bigger than him, well qualified, trained a lot higher than he was trained, zero training. But see, God does not look at the outward appearance in our lives and our accomplishments. God's only interested, not in the six commandments. God is interested in my heart, 
Hallelujah. And when he gets my heart, he's going to show me what he's got in his hand. And that's where we need to get to, church, because we leave so much in the hand of God. And God's just shaking his hand, his head and said, man, if you would just give me that other little part right there, bump it out of the way, sell it, get rid of it. Just tell it, no, not right now. You've got to wait in line. You're not first in line. God's first in line. And when you do that, God says, okay, here we go. Think about how Jesus came. When Jesus came down here, he didn't go to a palace. He didn't go to a fancy hotel somewhere. He went to a stable. It was a place identified with humility and with heart. And when you put those two things together, you are walking dynamite in the kingdom of God and Satan doesn't have anything to come against you with because he can't do anything with a humble-hearted person that just loves God. Whether you've got everything or you've got no thing at all, you're just walking and living and trusting God day by day. When you do this with your heart, God says, okay, you're kingdom-minded, so I'm going to give you the kingdom. And Satan can't come against that. That's just why he told Peter, listen, the truth, and Peter had just quoted the truth. You are the Christ, the Son of God. I'm doing a little bit of uh, a review right now. He said, but you are the Son of God. And God said, Jesus said, nope. Man didn't reveal this to you, but this had to come from God. And he spoke out of his heart what God had put in his heart. He said, and this is what I'm going to build the church on. And when you walk in that power, you walk in that truth, you walk in that authority, then you will be able to see for yourself that the gates of hell does not prevail against the real true church of the almighty living God. That's what God said. God wants my heart. He doesn't want the he, he does not want my smack, man. He doesn't want me telling him what I've done this week. Oh God, I kept them all, man. Lord, yes, I've been good. Oh Lord, and see, Jesus did this over and over again. And I, I told the preachers, I've told you many times, the pastors I pray with, I said, I've got about 10 minutes on my watch. Uh, that's about how long we can hang with Jesus. About 10 minutes. He offended people everywhere. I mean, he offended the people around him. Everywhere he went, people were offended. And so, I, I didn't want my watch calling 911 thinking I had fallen. Okay, I'm sorry. But he, he offended people everywhere. The saying was too hard. Many things had. I mean, all kinds of things the Bible tells us and. And that's why, you know, the disciples just said, Lord, look, uh, we've left it all. We've left it all. And I just read this yesterday. He says, well, there's nobody that's followed me with their whole heart. I'm paraphrasing for your sake. That's left houses or land or children. And, and he, he goes on to tell them, you haven't done this in vain. When you give what the world would say, well, you're giving that up. You're not doing that right this minute. No, I'm doing God right this minute. That's my heart. And see, that right there is a personal testimony in itself. When people just see my habits change or people see my priorities realign. You preach messages a lot of time without ever opening your mouth. Did you know that? You make people that's got you memorized. They, be, they become curious because you, you threw them a curveball. 
and they don't know how to deal with that. And so before I pray with you, I, I just want to give you, and this is straight out of Psalms, three things really quick that helps in having a whole heart or ways our whole heart can show love. First one is Psalm 9 and 1. It's showing and demonstrating his marvelous works. Here they go. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. This is a good time for me to just, you need to, everybody in this church, listen to me. You need to be the agents that sets the tone of the conversation that comes up in your circle. Every day, don't care if it's, if it's playing ball or if it's at work or if it's just, even if it's on the internet. You're just talking, you need to set the stage for what it's going to be. You need to do it. And you can do that by showing forth the praise. That's what the first thing is. Demonstrating, giving God praise. Demonstrating. Everybody is very familiar with the word demonstrate, right? Let's go back to the $75 steakhouse meal, okay? I can... Say, uh, I'm going to pay for your meal tonight. Uh, let me hold your ticket. Or I tell the waiter or waitress, give me his ticket, her ticket, their ticket. I hope it's their ticket. <clears throat> now, I know a couple of people that could probably rack up a $75 steakhouse bill real quick in here, couldn't you, James T. and Rick and uh, some other people. They could kill it. Ed could. Ed could. He, he, look, he packs a punch when it comes to groceries. He didn't work out. He'd be about 900 But I could say, let me hold your bill. And then you get up there to pay, and I didn't pay. That's one thing. But if I say, let me hold your bill, and I pay for it, I demonstrated that I was going to take care of you and add value to you and show you that I care about you. I demonstrate. I just didn't talk about it. You know, talk, you finish. Talk is what? You see, you know it. I ain't even tell you, you know that. The second thing is found in Psalm 111, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. It's a decision. It's a personal decision. In the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. So the second thing is, and please listen to me. Praising Him in church. Publicly praising God in the assembly, in the congregation. You're not doing it for show. In fact, nobody should see you but God. Because everybody should be doing it. When you do this, praise, unabandoned praise, your whole heart to God. I'm telling you, that's the sweet spot for God concerning you. And I also want to just take a moment and say, it, it has nothing to do with the song, okay? It don't even have anything to do with musicians or singers. It's an attitude of how I feel about the God we are focusing on right now. I praise you, God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And when you do that, God says, my, my, my. That's what I love. 
I don't love lip service. They are singing to me from their heart, not their mouth right now. So when you do this, that's whole heart language that God just really, he hones in on concerning you. The third thing is Psalm 119 verse 2. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, that seek him with the whole heart. When you keep the testimonies of the Lord, what do you mean, Opie? That means you live by his commandments. You live and you testify the great things that God has done. We all can talk about what's wrong because there's something wrong in every one of our lives in some area. It may not be our own direct problem, but it can be an indirect problem. Our child's having a hard time at school or our uh, neighbor at work is, is going through a crisis. See, everybody in here has something, but what we do, we decide to be the atmosphere generators. We talk about and testify the good things of God. And when we do those things right there, it shows God that our mind as well as our mouth is on Him and not anybody or anything else. So today when you leave this church, you're going to walk through the heart. Emblem, shape, logo. You're going to walk through that heart. When you walk through the heart, now, I mean, there's no like magic or anything like that going to happen. It, it, it's just a prop. But today I'm asking you on behalf of God to let that be a reminder, Lord, that's really where the, the real blessing is. Giving you my whole heart. Not giving you my, my intentions. Not giving you the six things. Not telling you I'm going to pay. God that's that $9 bottle of formula that's going to change. See, I talked about it changing that baby's life, keeping him from being in excruciating pain and, and just turning blood red because of uh, acid reflux or, or gas or whatever, or indigestion, whatever it is. But see, on a greater, much greater, what that represents when you, you get that man mentality I'm willing to do, it's going to have an effect on the whole world around you, you see. Because when your heart mirrors the heart of God, then God does great and mighty things with you and for you and through you. And the whole earth will hear about it. That's what the band was playing a little while ago until the whole world hears. That's what you want. You want the world to hear you glorifying God without you ever opening your mouth. And I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and I want to pray with you right now because when one or two people in here tap into that, you, you're going to hear some rumbling. When all of us tap into that and the devil says, well, you don't need to do it. You don't need to do that. But when we do, we say, no, I, I, I'm tired of being predictable and complacent. See, you can be very busy, and I know this from personal experience. You can be very busy and not be very godly at all. Busyness doesn't mean that you are being godly. When you're seeking God. When you're pursuing God, that's godly. That's whole heart stuff right there. When your mind, see, and I think the rich young ruler, 
the story may have turned out a whole lot different than what we read. If when he talked to Jesus, he would have just said, Master, you know, I've kept a lot of the commandments from my youth, but I'm struggling with, with greed. My focus is on my blessing. And today I want to surrender that because that's in my way of really being intimate and watching you work in a greater volume in my life. I believe that we would have read miracles that happened in that man's life because of that decision. And see, that's where I am. That's where you are. And it's hard to do. I've, I've testified about closing my shop and, and all that. And, you know, when money gets tight and I'm trying to figure this out, the devil will try to laugh in my face. You hear me. Eyes closed. He'll try to laugh in my face and say, see, you, you, look at what you would have had. Look, you could have you had that right there, and that would have taken care of that need. But see, I'm not after, I'm not after temporary stuff. I, I, I want to do whatever I need to do. Whole heart stuff. I'm not there yet, church. I'm preaching to myself. You're just hearing an out loud conversation. I, I'm still in pursuit. God, whatever I, I need to do, I want to do this. I, want, I don't want to be distracted. I get distracted. I'm the butterfly preacher. God, I want to be so in tune with you that I'm like David. My mind is on you and serving you. So, Father, I pray that this is where we are. I pray, God, because I know that there is greatness waiting to be had by these people that's Sitting in here with me today, Lord, I don't even know what you have in store for people in this church, let alone the church as a unit. But God, I'm willing to keep on knocking. And you said if we do, sooner or later it's going to be open because I'm going to knock and I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to see what needs to be addressed and then it's going to happen. So God, be glorified. Spirit move. God, have your way. And everything you do, God will give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.